Hello and welcome to the Tea Room Talks podcast. I hope you're well and thanks for joining us for another week. This week we're going to be talking construction with Evan. Now he's from the Federation of Master Builders, so we're going to be talking about the topics of work contracts and the importance of them, how to improve construction stresses that you might find on projects, work-related illnesses and how construction is such an industry of men and culminating poor mental health. We're also going to be looking at topics such as cash flow, material shortages, customer tension and how to manage your workload. He's going to be giving advice to small businesses and builders that can perhaps just change some attitudes and make your life that little bit much easier when it comes to construction in general. Now, I originally met Evan at the Screwfix Top Tradesperson 2022. He was one of the judges on the panel, so it's really good to catch up with him once again and get his views on construction in regards to the challenges, the struggles and, and the good points that we can take away from it and how we can all improve. So it was good to catch up with him again. Let's take a listen to the chat that I had with Evan. So I'm joined with Evan Glynn, Senior Director at the Federation of Master Builders. Evan, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me. So in regards to um, personal mental health, do you have any past experiences that you wish to share or any other experiences or family or friends that you wish to share? Um, I, The way I kind of view mental health is I, I think we sometimes kind of... Uh, you know brand someone that's got mental ill health as you know as mental health but i i think the kind of the broad term mental health should be used uh more widely so i think you know um, just like we have physical health we also have mental health so we've all got kind of mental health and there are you know there are times in our lives where our mental health is healthy and there are times when we have men- mental ill health I wouldn't say I've ever been in a situation where, you know, I've I've had mental ill health to the point that it's um affected my life um in a in a serious way. Um but yeah, that you know, that I've had challenges in my life where my kind of life has uh, where my mental health has been um challenged, but nothing chronic, so to speak, to be honest with you. Um friends and family likewise, you know, I've got I've got um I've got friends that have been through um the mill and have suffered from you know um, various really depression anxiety etc but um nothing kind of no no specific stories uh from uh, myself i'm afraid no i mean that's absolutely fine and obviously with myself this podcast is to show that even people who don't necessarily have a diagnosis or a definite sign of uh, mental illness that it's not here to um you know educate others and it's it's there for everyone and like you say yeah. at the end of the day um i totally agree with you you know everyone has mental health like physical health and mental illness is is that diagnosis of having a problem with it you know um yeah certainly with your background you know build, being in the building industry um you know a lot would say obviously it's a closed off place in regards to mental health um would you agree with that do you feel that it's a closed off place or do you feel that things are changing um i i think uh that is very much the case yeah i can i can agree more i think things are better than they have been i think um that's the case throughout society um and you know uh I, I, I do feel that kind of some changes have been made, you know, that there are kind of charities out there today that probably um, uh, wouldn't have, you know, uh, wouldn't have been listened to at all um, uh, back in the day. 
um, you know, who are campaigning for better mental health within the construction sector. But, you know, it, it's things like, you know, the, um, we've got a big problem in the construction sector that we are failing to attract women, for example. It's predominantly a male-dominated sector, isn't it? Um, where, you know, on the tools, less than 1% of tradespeople on the tools are women. So it's a male-dominated sector. Um, and I I think men have a bigger problem uh, with opening up um, to talk about their uh, mental mental health issues. So um, I think that's a, you know, a, a particular problem uh, for, for the sector is that, you know, that macho-ness. Where you've branched on there about women being in the industry, I, I totally agree. You know, there's not enough um, professionals that I've certainly seen uh, with women because I think as well, you know, just like mental health, they are faced with that almost stonewalled attitude that perhaps they aren't treated equally or there's that view much like being a macho industry that it's not for them because they're not a man but it's not the case anymore you know that the world is changing it's a it's a more inclusive environment but it is just interesting because obviously with um, your work and what you do the fact that you know that you know there's a real struggle for the inclusiveness of women, even though we're trying to action that, it still just shows you that we're still dealing with years of, you know, the the change that has to happen. I'm sure you agree. Absolutely, yeah. Well, it's a culture, isn't it? And it's a kind of, you know, reverse engineering a culture takes time. And it's, um, as I mentioned, I think things are slightly better than they have been, but it's, you know, it's going to be a long-term battle to kind of, to change minds within within construction, you know, so, some other things about the construction sector is it's a stressful industry to be in. Often, you know, um, clients are quite demanding. The uh, risk levels are pretty high. You know, the kind of the type of value. Um, you know, w- w- when I speak to members and they talk about, you know, the the three hundred thousand pound project that they're working on, and you know, um it's a stressful um, sector to be in because often they're working in people's homes. You know, people are putting investments of tens of thousands of pounds into their homes and, and putting a lot of trust in into that building. So there's a lot of pressure to be dealing with. And, you know, I, I often speak to them, you know, first of all, just getting hold of members is, is difficult because the sector at the moment and has been for a while now, it's, it's just really busy out there, isn't it? So, that kind of just adds to, you know, um, well, 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 it can kind of, well, it doesn't help mental health because it's, you know, stressful situation. I don't think the sector is great to kind of, the people working in the sector of, of making time for themselves, you know, um, that, that's a kind of a critical way to look after your mental health, isn't it? To kind of make that time to actually have some lunch, make that time to, you know, go for a walk in the morning, etc. cetera. Um, whereas what you often find in the construction sector at the moment is just, you know, working long hours and uh, on the tools in the in the day and then in the evenings, all all the paperwork that's involved. So yeah, I think that's that's another kind of problem within the sector, the stress involved and uh, and you know, we really need to kind of so it's not just about changing the minds of people working within the sector. It's also kind of changing the expectations of clients and that, you know, that builders are people and they need you know they, they also need time to kind of uh, to look after themselves because they don't what you find is is uh, mental ill health has you know a, a place to grow and, and unfortunately I think that that happens too often in the construction sector. No I totally agree with you and and certainly there where you spoke about the pressures you know there's so many pressures with even myself being self-employed let alone being employed you know you've got financial struggles work commitments personal time 
sick pay obviously a lot of the the trouble with self-employed people you're not going to get paid a lot if you don't turn up to work and naturally where a project might overrun you then need to cancel the next one or you need to rearrange that and a lot of people certainly within construction you know we aren't we aren't born with these skills in how to run a business well and efficiently as opposed to you know a well-oiled machine that has you know hundreds of workers and they will have admin staff a lot of the time just like you've said people come home they do the paperwork they do the invoicing they chase the payments but then before you know it it's nine o'clock and it's time to go to bed and it's time for work in the morning you know on the topics you know we've got as you've mentioned you know topics such as cash flow uh, material shortages customer tensions workload contributions how do you think you know in your experience and the work you do people or you know the self-employed or people within construction can improve that themselves what advice would you say that is good to follow or where where should they turn uh yes yeah, a big question isn't it um you know the, the, i think there are tweaks that can be made um you know uh, to kind of working practices that could kind of have an an impact on people's um, mental health in the sector. So, you know, one of the things we always advise our members to do is to kind of use contracts with their clients. You are likelier to have contentious issues um, when it's just word of mouth. You know, um, you agree to kind of do a project and there's no contract in place. You know, I think it's very important to do that and and have those contracts. When when any amendments are made to those contracts, that kind of the contract is amended and and is is one that can be amended live, so to speak. Because what often happens is contentious times doing a project. It, oft, it, it often happens at the end when you know you've agreed to do certain things through the contract, but then that contract isn't amended and you've got all these extras on you know at the end of the project and the client doesn't necessarily agree with the extras because they you know they're not down on paper and then that becomes you know all of a sudden the builder then is needs to get paid struggling with cash flow etc and you know that that is a very you know that can be a very stressful situation so yeah using contracts very important and amending those contracts when um when the project changes which inevitably happens you know more often than not doesn't it some other thing, you know, we, you know, some some of our, some of our members work in supply chain, so uh, work for you know tier one companies, etc. Working um, as a supplier, um, you know, subcontracting. Project bank accounts are good things. So the idea behind there is, you know, um, what can happen is if you work in um, on a commercial project, public sector projects, etc. You know, cash flow can be a real problem if you're lower down that supply chain. So if a tier one contractors struggling to get paid they will they'll will hold payment for the um next years down you know and and if you're on that bottom of that tier you you know it can really put pressure on your cash flow which again you know adds a lot of stress um project bank accounts in in, in essence is a kind of is an account um that you know it's kind of a cloud so to speak so uh that you know the the money is held in a in a cloud and when a supply chain member can uh evidence that the work has been done they can draw it down from the project bank account so it's not kind of solely the responsibility of the tier one contractor or, or or the ones below that to kind of to give the green light for payment to be released so yeah working on projects and, and identifying contracts where project bank accounts exist if you're working in kind of the commercial or public sector 
that's the all I knew work within the building sector. Plenty more I could go into in, in terms of that. But I think those two things are a starter for 10, especially, you know, from the financial point of view and that cash flow issue. Yeah, and hugely important issues. You know, I think what you spoke about there are definitely beneficial that some people certainly wouldn't have thought about that before. Um, and uh, like you mentioned there, certainly in my point of view and my experience, I've certainly had contracts where... Um, additions as an electrician working for um, a contractor additions have happened and you know I've been stuck in that middle where it's been a verbal agreement because it's almost uh, extra that's happened on the day while you're first fixing or things like that and then it's at the end where you get stung because like you say there's no there is evidence they know you've done it however they like to hit you where it hurts, I often feel. I mean, you must hear yeah. a lot of scenarios where there's a lot of disagreements and sort of fallouts, I'm sure you agree. Yeah, most certainly, yeah. And, and what we are seeing uh, currently is because of the, you know, um, cost of living crisis, that that is happening uh, more often. So, um, you know, now is a time to be wary of it um, more, more than before. It's more prevalent now. So, siling on to... Uh, mental health and work illnesses um, so I've got you know the published report here from the HSE report in 2021 from an estimated 20,000 work related illnesses in construction alone 27% of those were directly related to mental health problems um, you know how does that make you feel would you say positive that people are almost diagnosing it and it's coming to light or would you say it's sort of shocking that you know one fourth are mental health illnesses that are within construction alone yeah it's a double-edged sword as you just described it there toby i think you know on the one hand it's good that it's, it's it is being reported because you know if you probably look at the stats decades ago they wouldn't have been reflected that way but the problems were still there wouldn't they but yeah you're absolutely right it does kind of highlight a, a shocking problem that we have uh, as a sector most certainly yeah no exactly and you know within that we've got so many work-related illnesses that are stress alone and and as we've discussed i think when this report was published in regards to work stresses that were a certain topic, the highest being finances and and lower down, it was tensions with customers, tensions with builders, colleagues. Um, There was also obviously with 2021, the impact with coronavirus um, was obviously really, really um, something that was quite new Um, in regards to yourself um, and the work that you obviously done what would you say that did you notice any individual impacts from COVID-19? Was there something that you picked up on as a trend or any advice that you were offering there? Yeah, so I think, you know, COVID was challenging for us all, isn't it? So in terms of kind of the mental health of the nation, I think it probably, you know, deteriorated during that period. And, you know, builders are no different, I guess. You know, we were lucky as a sector to some extent that we were able to carry on. Um, you know, other sectors, um, you know, plenty of other sectors, such as the hospitality sector, had it a lot worse in terms of, you know, they had to shut shop and, um, you know, as a case of hoping for the best, the kind of the government supported them as, as best they could. And, you know, within the construction sector, we've got a lot of kind of, um, uh, you know, people who, who, who are self-employed um, and we know the problems that came from COVID in terms of, you know, um, government support. Um, for uh, self-employed people, especially if they hadn't been trading for for long enough, you know. So, in that sense, the construction sector was kind of fortunate that it that, that it could carry on. Um, 
but I think you know th there were challenges around kind of projects being cancelled. Um, you know, people were obviously kind of concerned at the time. Um, you know, clients are concerned about the spread of the virus, so you know, cancelling projects. Um, it, it was very stressful, but you know, I, I was also kind of amazed at how well you know the sector adapted and you know construction uh, sector and builders are so adaptable, aren't they? And um, you know, that that's the kind of USP in a way. It's just solving problems, isn't it? And kind of just being adaptable in that way. So, um, you know, that, that that was a good thing to see. But um, but in terms of kind of the crisis we have in terms of mental health, you know, um, coronavirus, you know, it, it didn't help matters, that's for certain. No, exactly. And certainly there, as, as you spoke about, you know, being in construction, and it was interesting to see around that time that as a whole, it was one of the last sectors to close and one of the first to open just showing how vitally important the construction industry is you know it's a, a large cog in our nation and within our industry that obviously keeps the country moving and and I'm sure you totally agree you know the work that is involved in construction is just so vast that this is why it's an interesting topic with certainly myself in regards to mental health it's just a lot of people within one industry sector that is sort of changing because obviously it's always been within our makeup as a as a country but it just shows how important it is to us you know as a nation and you know the size of it is always growing um branching on to obviously site culture um i'm sure is something that you've dealt with in the past you know i've got examples and certainly you know, had times in my life where I've been the subject of abuse or I've witnessed site abuse and things like that. In regards to site culture, how do, you know, the old-fashioned phrases, you know, like, don't be a girl, get on with it, it's not my problem, I don't care sort of about your mental health or it's not my fault, how do they make you feel? Do they make you feel angry or do they make you feel that it's just a representation of perhaps how things need to change? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it does anger me when I hear kind of stories of, of you know, people working in the construction sector kind of peddling these archaic um, phrases, etc. Um, the reality is, you know, although kind of, I, I think society has moved on what was acceptable two decades ago, it, it is no longer acceptable. But, you know, the, there are parts of society where uh, where more needs to be done, and let's not pretend the construction sector isn't isn't one of them. I I think you know things are better than than they were, but there's a lot of work still to do on that. I think another kind of issue with the construction sector is, um, you know, I mentioned earlier about uh, the lack of diversity in terms of gender within the sector. You know, ninety nine percent of people on the tools within the sector are men, but you've also got kind of problems in terms of you know it's not a particularly diverse sector in terms of ethnic background, um, the LGBT community, etc., are quite underrepresented within the construction sector. So when you have a sector that lacks diversity, you are likelier to get, you know, uh, to, to have situations where these kind of old-fashioned views are allowed to, to fest and, well, uh, to be expressed. Because obviously, you know, when these type of views are are expressed, it is up to someone to kind of call it out. And, uh, and we need people to be doing that, you know. So, yeah, but going back to what I was saying, you know, we need more diversity within the sector as well. And I think that would help, that would help kind of change minds. And in the long run, you know, w w would help with kind of people's uh, mental health because, you know, within the sector, because they wouldn't have to deal, you know, or they'd be less likely to have to deal with these type of old fashioned views. 
Certainly with the the diversity question there, it's interesting because um, I actually recently spoke to uh, Melville Gums, um, the past president of um, Cypher, the Chartered Institute of Plumbing and Heating Engineers, and even with himself, he said stuff that he's dealt with before was even race, you know, he's had his race, not necessarily an issue, but certainly mentioned in his past, and like you say, it's still something where you've got racism, sexism quite present, and it is changing because I, I totally agree with you. Obviously, we've got the new sort of generation of people, certainly my age. There's a lot of people. There's people in their 50s that are, are very diverse themselves. But you still, it's almost getting rid and changing those views because the new generations are obviously changing that, um, which is obviously yeah. positive to see. And like you say, it's all about us spreading that awareness and, and bringing it to the light. I'm sure you'll agree where you, you've got to call it out almost and change people's opinions. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, you know, calling it out takes guts. Um, but we need to have people in the sector, you know, um, and I'm sure, you know, they exist, but you need to have people who champion that. It's a very brave thing to do, but it's it, um, the change that can make on site is is incredible, you know. So, yeah, it's important that happens, you know, to anyone listening here who work, who work within the sector. And if, you know, if you're working on site and you do, you do hear these kind of um, misogynistic, racist, views expressed or anything like that you know it is very very important that you you know that small kind of voice that's inside you saying that you should be saying something um it's important that you allow that voice um to be to be heard no i think that's totally agreeable and yeah um 100 behind that and, and i totally agree it does take guts but it's it's got to be done because i think eventually it will get cha- you know it will change and it will get stamped out um as a final word um with uh the federation of master builders do you wish to expand on the work that you do and obviously as a general whole what the federation of master builders does for um construction industry yeah, sure. So um, I'll start with with your last question. Uh, we're a trade organisation, we're the largest trade organisation in the construction sector. We represent uh, small and medium-sized building firms who predominantly work in the domestic home improvement and renovation sector. So we operate across the UK and we represent the views of all our members to, you know, to policymakers, etc. All members are vetted upon joining um, so we do an on-site inspection on their work and we do checks on their businesses to ensure that kind of their businesses are run in a responsible manner so for example you know if any of the directors have outstanding county court judgments uh, the company can't join the fmb so roughly about 20 percent of applicants who try um who apply to join the fmb um, are rejected so um, the idea being then that if you're a client looking for a builder, you're likely to get a better builder by using a member of the federation. And then if anything goes wrong with your company, you know, doing a project, we've got a dispute resolution process that uh, our members are duty bound to take part in. So that's a sales pitch over. <laughs> Moving on to your second question then on, you know, the, uh, our work around mental health. So yeah, you know, a, a major issue and kind of, um, you know, uh, as a tr- trade federation, we have kind of a, a critical role to play. We um, are partnering charity uh, for the last couple of years has been the the Lighthouse Club. I often want to say Lighthouse Family, but it, it's the Lighthouse <laughs> yeah. Club. So yeah. yeah, so yeah, the Lighthouse Club do kind of fantastic work to support to support individuals within the construction sector. Um, there's a kind of 24-hour helpline that builders and tradespeople can um, can contact uh, for support. So yeah, most of the work that we do um, in terms of 
uh, raising awareness is predominantly in partnership with you know with the experts who are the Lighthouse Club. No, that's brilliant. And, and you know, for anyone listening who would be trade-based, it's good to know about these trade organisations because um, there's a previous episode that I've spoke about um, tensions with customers and clients where, you know, a huge recommendation is to be a part of uh, a trade association or whatever your industry. Get yourself a member membership because, you know, an example there, like yourselves, you're there to protect and assist and ensure that the quality of the work is met and as well that you know you have the interest of your members at heart really yeah no absolutely you know it's it's um we 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 have kind of you know so for example we have business helplines for our members so you mentioned about you know those stressful situations with cash flow etc um you know all our members have access to kind of expert advice whether it's legal advice financial advice technical advice these type of things but you know as part of our library of kind of phone lines that members can can use there is that uh you know that mental health helpline that um, takes members through to the lighthouse club as well so yeah you know um i i guess i would say this but i i do think by being a member of um you know by joining up with other kind of companies you know with a trade organization such as the fmb what you get is that kind of support both in terms of professional but otherwise you know also kind of those networking opportunities which are good for your business but also very good for, for your mental health so i'll give you an example actually my my colleague attended a west wales branch meeting of fmb members um last week uh in a pub small pub and one of the matters discussed was mental health and they all kind of quite openly it was quite refreshing just talked about they go to they go to a pub in West Wales once a month. There's only you know there's only a dozen or so of them. They're all owners of small companies, and what they said was like they kind of struggle to talk with colleagues, you know, because there's that dynamic of employee employer. So they don't really want to open up to them about kind of any worries that they've got. They struggle to kind of talk to family about it because they don't work within the industry. So that monthly meeting they have where they come to a pub, they have a pint, they have a meal, and they just talk about, you know, everything from kind of the price of skips to, you know, the where they can find labor, et cetera. It's, it's uh, what they said, it was just kind of, it's the one place they, they really feel kind of is good for their uh, well-being. So, yeah, that's another example of what kind of a trade association can do because, you know, being an owner, or even a sole trader of a kind of construction company can be quite a lonely place. So... Um, linking up with other people who are in the same situation as you can only be a good thing and that's what it's all about really and and like you say improving it for for yourself and others and there it just goes to show that you give people the opportunity to you know speak and be open and and people snap the opportunity because some people and I totally agree it can be a lonely industry you know and having that support is crucial it's been absolutely fantastic to speak to you today I really thank you for your time and and you know the experience you have and you know I I know our background from meeting at um, the obviously the Screwfix event where we first met each other you know and it's just great to see that you know you you work in an industry where you're just as 
keen and work driven and, and passionate about the subjects that come from construction like mental health and improving work you know relations and like you say supporting members and, and that's what it's all about so I'd like to thank you for joining me today you know it's been really good thanks Toby and um, good luck with the podcast I think it's you know to show this initiative and, and kind of the, the fact you're doing is a, is a brilliant service to the, uh, to the sector so well done the chat that I had with Ivan there, really good to clarify some points within construction and drive home that point of getting yourself as part of many schemes that are out there to protect yourself and become members of these organisations, both for customer satisfaction and your own. You know, the point where he mentioned that things are better, but there's still a lot to be done. I think we can all take that away as the lesson that we've learned in regards to attitudes and you know relationships we have with customers clients and our relationship that we have surrounding mental health there's still a lot of work to do but it is improving so it's something positive the relevant links for the episode as always are going to be within the episode description we're going to have the link for the federation of master builders and what you can do to join them and obviously the information they provide and also a link to the lighthouse club and the resources and information they provide to get in touch with them and hopefully that's beneficial Thanks again for listening. As always, get in touch via our social medias and let us know your thoughts and opinions and, of course, if you would like to feature within the podcast. Thanks for listening once again and I look forward to next week.